Science is more than a body of knowledge. It's a way of thinking, a way of skeptically interrogating the universe with a fine understanding of human fallibility. If, if we are not able to ask skeptical questions, to interrogate those who tell us that something is true, to be skeptical of those in authority, then we're up for grabs for the next charlatan, political or religious who comes ambling along. It, it's a thing that Jefferson lay great stress on. It wasn't enough, he said, to enshrine some rights in a, in a Constitution, a Bill of Rights. The people had to be educated and they had to practice their skepticism and their education. Otherwise, we don't run the government. The government runs us. This is Jenner. Fucking excited. Super excited for this episode because my guest today is somebody who just brought some magic into the Mindwave universe. A brilliant new star just burst into existence into this wonderful project of ours, kids. Jesse Rogers, thank you so much for uh, hanging out with me this morning. Jenner, that is one hell of an intro. Thank you. I am I am so glad to be on this podcast. I am so like that was I was I've been just gushing about this because that's the best thing that anybody's ever sent in. Like no offense to the voicemails because I I have a special place in my heart, but like that level of of uh, attentive, like careful, thoughtful feedback, I don't get a whole lot of that. Um, and so that that was like that's going to be my daily affirmation for a while. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> like, me, me too. Me too. That, As you'll see as the podcast goes on, that was me at my best because I'm I'm not always that articulate. I'm not always that thoughtful. I had to really practice that out a little bit and say what my message was. That was intimidating, and, man. Yeah. You're like making me intimidating bringing you on the show. I'm like, this guy's way too goddamn articulate for my way. This shit is. <laughs> no, oh, I am. I am. I am not. I, I am. Uh as fallible and imperfect and trying to make my way through every sentence, just like the rest of us. So, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm having fun with it. And I think that's the most important thing for me is just enjoying the process of it and not dwelling so much on whether it comes out perfectly or not. And just enjoying, you know, because, uh, this, these are the moments of our lives. I don't know how to say that without sounding corny, but, like this, this is life right now happening. And we always, we always kind of get into this idea of later because we imagine we could be better in the future and, and we will be, but it's always now, right? It's a, that, uh, Sam Harris video. I love that one. Yeah. It's always now. And, uh, so I'll swing it back over to you. <laughs> I love it, man. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing, and I just had a fucking brain fart because I was going to respond to something. But it was just like it's <laughs> no, that. It's that I swung you're it made over for prematurely. This. No, that's, that's what. I, that's what yeah. I was going to say. You're made for this, like for this medium, because you you were telling me this is your second appearance on on a sh show after Connors, right? 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really have not done podcasting. I've been in education for many years. So I've been in front of a classroom. I've done a lot of live uh, talks, but it's different because I like to, um, I, I like to have the energy of the room and kind of have that conversation going, but uh, it, you know, that's why podcasting, I think where it's a conversation like this is where I want to start. I, it's, it's very tough for me to try to, um, 10 minutes is probably about as far as I could get right now for a, for a monologue. Um, but you know, hopefully I can improve from there too. I had a friend suggest that I should probably start doing some 10 minute clips of a variety of topics. That one happened to be, you know, the, the, uh, defeating your dementors and, and how you can manifest your future self. But, um, you know, there's a, there's just so much we got to talk about. There's so much people, people need tools. I think that's, that's the most important thing right now. People need to know how to do things. They need the skills to, to move themselves forward. It's not just enough to have information, you know? Right. Right. And MindWave is all about like creating the MindWave universe specifically, which I'm using as like a metaphorical universe, like, like a DC cinematic universe in that sense where yeah. like everybody has, everybody's their own character, everybody's their own star. Um, and it really just is about fostering that collaboration. Um, and I love this idea of, of just working with other artists and other creators um connor and i have just ha have the most amazing shit planned i'm so excited and and with boone and with phil and so many of the people uh who have gotten in on this project i'm like yes let's make that happen and like my my role to play here is like the guy who has mediocre production skills so that's something <laughs> that i'm i am offering to the other creators in the sandbox of the Mindwave universe. Um, so for things like theme songs, sound effects, production sequences, YouTube videos like the voices ones, um, little things like that, I'd really like to invest, eventually have the time to be able to do custom, like actually improvised pieces, like audio pieces, my own music. I've done that with some of them. I did that with the Scott Santons one. Um, but like with the voices, I love we, that one. Oh, it's fucking exploration. Trust man, so good, so good. He uh, right after, right after he dropped out. Spoiler alert, guys. Uh, um, I was like, bro, I need you on my team. I need you on my humanity first team. Like, I, I'm continuing the fight. Uh, and he's like, absolutely, yeah. Like, so he has an audio essay uh, that he's going to send to me to produce into a whole video. Like, that is would be just a fucking fantastic way to use my skills. Like, you know, my, uh, I, I, I take it to the Lego movie a lot. <laughs> like you are the special in your own way. Like you, you're the only one who thought to build the double decker couch that saved the world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I incorporate a lot of that into it. I'm like, well, this is what, this is my building skill that I have to give. So if you're contributing your voice and, and your thoughts and your mind, uh, that that's a, a, a place, a golden opportunity for me to step in, at, in my role and help you with my skills to produce that. So if you do start doing those little 10 minute clips, send them to me. Yeah. I'll eventually, eventually I'd like to get like really, really nice, like get, get some Adobe premiere or whatever pass to get like really high quality uh, stock video footage and shit. Cause right now I'm just all working with free stuff and, a lot of open that's source. okay it still so, looks great yeah, it looks great if if you had not 
created Mindwave Universe, I don't think I ever would have put that video out because I, I have so many other things in my queue as well that, you know, projects that I wanted to do that are just not related to YouTube or, um, you know, to, to creating content like this or anything, you know, it was more like businesses. That's kind of where my mind is right now at this stage of my life is, is creating businesses. But when I saw what you were doing, I was like, oh my God, I got to give this guy something. I like, this is, this is too good. Yeah, man. It's about, I'm really, I keep taking it back to little kid shit. I found my inner child and I'm like, we all need a sandbox to play in. Yeah. Uh, and we can we can share our toys, you know what I mean? Like it's just like come come be my neighbor. That really is like the my core ethic, you know, my guiding spirit if I have one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's what the sandbox is. It's like, and it can be anything. It it's the sandbox in the universe. I, I understand. I'm using a lot of like this is called this and that and this, but this part of the universe, this little pocket of the universe, is just a creative space for any and everybody doesn't have to have anything to do with the podcast. I have a project up there right now that is a challenge for people in the universe. They get early access to, this is so fucking nerdy, a skin pack of 14 um, Boba Fett recolors for The Sims 4. Wow. Which give you all these amazing sparkly Mandalorians that are super sexy. I made like a Hoth one. I made like some party nightlife ones, camo uh anyway it's a 14 so i put them all up there in this package you can get early access and if you if you take them into your game and you make characters for them and you just take them around and take snapshots it, the snapshots are going to be uh put together into the upload when we go to actually upload it to like a mod the sims or sims resource or one of these other places for people to download it but then th by participating in just that simple little like, hey, here's some cool shit, play with it in your game and take pictures. Uh, there's a, a whole like points thing that's going to be in badges that are going to be associated with that. But then also the idea is that there's going to be a goodie that like just for participating in the sandbox project, you get a goodie, you get a little treat bag to go home with. So I'm going to make one skin uh, that's totally experimental all these other ones are just kind of like textures and shininess but there's something there you can play with like light up and glowy bits you can make things kind of go wah, wah. so i'm gonna i'm gonna do like a cyber mind wave universe glowing mandalorian fucking thing for the game that's gonna be insane and only the people who uh get in on the sandbox will get to have it in their game so that's that's like my ethic for example, my creative model <laughs> for this whole thing. It's not just the podcast, not just blogs or audiobooks or YouTube channels or other podcasts. All my other podcast buddies are in there, you know? So it's just like, yeah, it's just about the, like, come play in my sandbox, man. We are on already 10 minutes in, man. Tangent. Jeez, yeah. Tangent. So we didn't even get to the icebreaker, man. The ice is broken. <laughs> Sorry. No, let's, uh, yeah, ice, let's, ice is pre broken. That, that's all good. That's all good. That, that's, uh, uh, that's awesome that the Mandalorian and all these other like tools to join in with that kind of universe. Like, I can't believe you can even do that today. Like, back when I, I'm not, I'm not so far back as the Pong days, but like when I was like really heavy into gaming, like none of that stuff was a reality. It was, oh yeah modding is insane i want to do a whole thing where i just bring on uh game modders because it's so revolutionary yeah, they're yeah. like decades ahead of the game studios it's a really fascinating phenomenon it is but um yeah. that that this is this is 
Well, I guess it, I guess it's a good segue. I have, I have. Well, actually, these are these are called mind breaker questions, which I have to attribute to Boyce Littlefield at Mindful Skeptics, because he has his is uh, his dozen Baker's dozen questions that he asks people to break the ice and. I was like, well, I want to do something like that. That's kind of like mind teasers, but like icebreakers, but like off the cuff shit that you would not have a prepared response to. Yeah, go for it. Um, but that is illuminating. So, okay, time to get serious. Let's bring it down. Let's bring it down, notch, guys. <laughs> so, um, in a series that I'm producing called the Outrage Machine, it's it's it focuses a lot on tribalism and violence and how. Uh, you know, just basically how to build a better society and tribal tribal loyalties can be dangerous. And one of one of the things that made me nervous about bringing you on the show is is that we all have tribal loyalties. And I feel like there was a possibility, at least like maybe a 33 percent chance that you and I might have some different tribal loyalties. So I need to grill you and find sure. out where you yeah. stand. Yeah, no, I'm sure. This. I'm sure we do. I'm sure. Yeah. So I have many tribes, so <laughs> there's got to be some of them that, that conflict. Oh, OK. Well, you, you can only pick one. Oh, okay. Terrans, Protoss or Zerg. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, I love them all so much. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but I <laughs> you know what? I have a friend who ranked pretty high in Blizzard. Like he was he was a really strong player and I beat him though like he would constantly beat me but the one time i beat him i was Terran, and i i did a banshee uh you know i, I a banshee rush and i just killed a bunch of stuff and and got lucky and so i'm gonna go Terran. okay correct <laughs> <laughs> that is the correct answer i i am a hardcore Terran boy i want my my good old-fashioned earth robots uh no uh i i i, w- I will play as protoss um, cause I also have that kind of like futuristic, sure. uh, other thing, but fuck the Zerg, man. <laughs> <laughs> I am racist against the Zerg. Okay. Fuck all those bugs. Every last one of them, man, like starship troopers. Well, he was Zerg. So <laughs> that was, that, you would have loved that match. That was like a perfect one. Oh man. Fuck the Zerg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, ev- the evolutionary biology nerd in me is like, we need to study that shit. But like the, the Terran earth warriors, like we need to kill them <laughs> Right, all. right. Uh, well, anyway, and, and I, yeah, that, that was I loved Kerrigan's storyline too. Like the, the evolutions oh, that beautiful. was, it was such a cool thing. So it, it, I almost picked Zerg because of that, but it, it is Terran. So, mm. yeah, that, that though, there was definitely like some, some benefits to that, like weird hybridization the, the like, what, what was that called? Why can't I remember infestation and, what? uh, that, in, yeah, the, hybrids the, in, and, the infested yeah. colonies and shit. Yeah. Oh my God, man. I fucking love that game so much. Cool shit. Yeah, me too. I I, I burned a lot of years on that one. <laughs> I I could tell. I I just had to take a very cursory glance at your profile. It took a couple swipes through the profile pictures. And look, ah, I got my eyes burning. Yep, yep. <laughs> and I I can frame it in tribalism. This is going to be great. <laughs> uh, did that throw you off? It was it it was intended to. No, that's that's perfect. I, I'm. I'm right on. I'm right on track with you. I'm right on the wave. Okay, I love it. Okay, so here we go. I really only have one other question um, because you, 
I, I, I frame this as you appearing as a new star in the mind wave universe and stars really do shine like on their own. Um, so I guess my, my question is who are you? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great opportunity for me to give a, a little bit of an intro. So I am, I think of myself as an artist and reality is my canvas. And so I, I am a guy who is just dedicated to making it beautiful within the constraints of what I've got as my medium. And so, um, as far as what I do and, and like what my, what my, uh, what would you say? Like my day job, I guess you could say I'm, I'm an educator. Um, but after I get off work, I think of myself as an educator too, uh, because I'm, I'm always having conversations with people where I try to learn from them and I try to, uh, show them where they can learn. Um, and, and I, and I make that distinction because I think as we were talking about before, uh, before we got started, you know, we were kind of just chit chatting. I, I think all education is self-education really. You know, I think you have to you you have to go after what you're curious about, and so I try to be curious. You know, I try to figure out what the world needs and how I can contribute to it. And I think that's I'm I'm pushing forty now. It's taken me a long time to get there because you know, for a long time I was just sort of like. man, I got sucked in way too far into the game world. <laughs> and so like, I've, I've tried to bring some of that out into the real world. I actually stopped playing games um, because I was such a, such a hardcore gaming addict. But um, the world I live in now is sort of like my new Skyrim, like just the way that I try to experience reality. It's like, everything's a quest, you know? And so when I saw the Mindwave podcast, I was like, I, you know, my quest alert came up and I said, I got to reach out to Jenner. You know, like, like that's how I approach life now is just every opportunity that comes up, there's a quest, you know? <laughs> so I love it, man. You're one of those people who didn't let society beat it out yeah. of you. Um, cause they totally beat that out of us as kids. And, and some of us are just willing to say like, no, fuck. I'm no stupid. Uh, but that, I love the, um, the gaming resonance there too, because my, my whole idea behind building the universe was that I wanted a way that was, that was personalizable, like an RPG, you know, like everybody has their own character in the game and that character can level up. I'm incorporating points and badges and ranks and teams um, and all of that kind of thing into that model. That's also interpersonal and allows, you know, only certain people can get access to certain kinds of content, which was a basic function that I needed to have for supporters of the show. Yeah. That problem is solved by incorporating it into this super nerdy RPG thing. Um, but yeah, like just pulling pulling from everywhere, man. And, and you, I love that you answered the right question when I asked, who are you? Um, because most people are just like, well, you know, I, I, I do this for a living. And, and you asked the more, you answered the more important question first, which, and you had a great, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so fucking fantastic <laughs> to that. Yeah, no, I think, I think it's, it's really dangerous to define ourselves narrowly by what we do. Um, because 
and th- this is for for me this is one of the most important things about humanity first and i guess this is a good transition into into some discussion about you know that the heavier stuff um which is which yeah. is that um we are all sort of playing this game this simulation called capitalism if you want to call it that I, I, and and i don't even know if this is uh if you can call what we have right now capitalism because it's such a it's such a strange mixed up hodgepodge of so many different things, but it's basically, we are serving the market, right? And is the market serving us in the way that we need as humans? Now, if you're a CEO of a company, sure. You absolutely, it is because you're getting, you know, tons of cash, but if you're a single mother or even just, you know, a stay at home mom or whatever it is, you know, has the system of, has, has this game served you well? Is it fun to play? And for, for a lot of people right now in America, that answer is no. And that's why we're having a lot of drug use. That's why we're having a lot of suicide problems and, and violence issues and the outrage machine that, you know, it's, it's kind of spinning on, on itself because we're not really, it's a limitation of imagination. That's what our, that's what our current money focused like finance restricted reality is you know and so i think we need a way to break out of that andrew yang kind of showed a glimpse of what that could look like where you don't have to be dependent on um working these jobs that nobody wants to do to make a little bit of money to wake up and do it again the next day and instead we have enough freedom of movement to be able to like shake ourselves out of the straitjacket and and be free and do what we really could do with our talents and with our curiosity and with our our interests and we could develop ourselves as artists and we could develop ourselves as um you know musicians or speakers or parents you know anything else than you know, just define myself as, you know, I'm a janitor or I'm a bartender or I'm a, not that there's anything wrong with these things, but that's not who you are. That's the thing you do to fund what you actually are, you know? And it's that framing is so incredibly powerful. It's refusing to let your value be determined by your, you know, market contribution. It's, it's just saying like, detaching the value the question of human value from human labor just like no that there should not be any kind of correlation there like you're you're worth something regardless of what you do and if we started treating each other that way and had a floor for people to stand on they could start fucking walking around and do the work that they find valuable and this transformation for me like just the idea alone I could no longer do the work that I was doing because I didn't value it. I didn't feel valued and it was backbreaking and demeaning and demoralizing and dehumanizing. And I said, you know what, this, this has changed me forever. I can't continue to do this when I have something called MindWave that is the most valuable fucking thing I've ever done. And I have almost zero time or energy to spend on it. So I left my job with no parachute. I said, fuck it. Uh, give me my retirement. I'm cashing it out. I'm buying a brand new fucking 2020 MacBook Pro that's going to be my production machine. 
going hard on this because this is the work that I value. This is the work that I want to do. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow my value as a human be defined by the hourly rate that I make scrubbing toilets because that's the only thing that I can find, you know, and that came with a huge amount of like, oh, economic insecurity. The whole thing in the first place was like all about economic insecurity. And I'm like, well, the value question is bigger. So I am like, I'll take the extra economic insecurity because this is more important. And that that is a fundamental shift in me uh, and so many people that are just saying like, no, like, why don't we value stay at home parents? Why don't we value caregivers and stuff? Like why? It's just that it's just getting people to fucking snap out of it, man. And it's incredibly powerful when you frame it like that, because when you frame it as like, yes, your value as a human is the value of the labor that you uh, provide to the nation. That's medieval. That's medieval as fuck. Yeah. That's yeah. like glory to the king. Kiss the fucking ring, you peasant. What have you grown in your plot <laughs> right. of dirt today? Um, it's right. we need to tear down those walls really fucking fast, man. That's I think the biggest problem or the biggest um, angle to take into tackling the wealth inequality problem is really just a fundamental human problem. It's not even a it's not even an economic thing. It's just like. We change yeah. the way that we talk about human value and human labor and what work actually is and everything else follows from that. You know, I don't know. Well, and, and what wealth actually is too, because I think there's some misconceptions about that side of the, the coin as well, that the people who have, you know, $50 billion earned it, right? With their hard mm -hmm. work. No, you know what they earned it with? They earned it with the hard work of tens of thousands of, of people who are working for like minimum wage. Like if, if you look at Walmart, you know, their, their employees in many cases are on government assistance. So, you know, all these people who are, and I'm not knocking Walmart specifically, that's the game. This is how the yes. game is set up, right? And if we don't like that, and, we have to change so, the rules of the game. <laughs> Yeah, the reason yes. why everybody so hates Monopoly. The bad company. <laughs> Cuz one guy wins yeah. and everybody yeah, else wants to throw name. the fucking board up in the air. Even when you get $200 yes. when you pass go. And we're not even getting that. Fuck. Yeah, start the game with zero and don't collect anything when you pass go <laughs> and everyone else and one it, asshole you know, owns half the board. Much, and one asshole owns half the board. Yeah, yeah, starting point. That that's how the game starts. So yeah, that it's 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 not going to work. We really cannot. That's that's the example that I was giving with uh, Jenga. I, I really like that oh, example yeah. where it's like we you know we just keep taking from the poor to give to the rich. That's really what we're doing with our our tax policies and our redistributive properties. We I mean, you know, we we hear you know oh it's it's a uh, government you know taxes are theft and, and socialism and blah blah blah. You know, it's like if you're going to have in a poor community, you put in a library. Okay. That's one thing you put in a liquor store and, and, a uh, you know, slot machines and stuff like that's another thing, you know, it's like, it's, it's one of them. Yeah. It's a drain on the economy in the sense that you have to pay for the library. Whereas those other industries are going to be self-sustaining, but those self-sustaining things, that contribute to GDP, you know, th those things are, 
are dra- draining the souls of the people in the vicinity. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like one of those it, it's like one of those things that you could it, it's like a debuff in a, in a gigantic area when you have certain and and, and I'm not saying every money making venture is like that. I want to get into business. I want to do some entre- uh, entrepreneurial stuff to solve problems that I see in the world. And that is that is entrepreneurship at its best. I hope everyone um keeps their mind open to that and to making the sort of leap that you did with with Mindwave, you know, that's kind of an entrepreneurial thing where you're your own boss. And and that's a good thing. I th- I think people should do that, but not every money making venture <laughs> is good, right? Not all, not all of these things are actually benefiting the society around them. So if you have like those check cashing stores and stuff like that, I would love to put them out of business. With Please. The yeah. That would be my dream. The, you know what the I mean? The sentence like, that popped into my head as you were talking there is like, it's a cost benefit analysis without looking at the benefit. You're just saying like, it's just yeah. saying, oh, that school for kids costs money. And it's like, are you considering the benefit that that's providing? <laughs> Like you can't do a right. cost benefit analysis without looking at the fucking benefits people. And that's why everything is profit motives. That's why everything is so skewed. That's why we don't prioritize education or healthcare or mental health or rehabilitation, substance abuse. This is why we're not dealing with these issues because the profit motives are backwards. And this is, this is so much of this is just about fundamental reframing which is the problem that I have with Bernie's approach because he's just saying, look at the billionaires. They shouldn't, they have too much money. They shouldn't exist. You know, that's, that's been his whole spiel. Look at and Elizabeth Warren to a lesser uh, degree. They're saying, look at, look at all these people, look at the people in the castle, look at all their treasure. Don't you want some treasure? Shouldn't, shouldn't we just storm the castle and take their treasure? And that's so fundamentally different from what Andrew was saying, which was that like, no, we are the richest, most powerful country in the history of earth. We create new value all the time. And it's today that new value is created off of your data. You are help building it. You know, you, you think you're taking a silly little Facebook quiz or like pointing out how, which boxes (laughs) have stop signs in them. But you, in that move and signing away your terms and conditions of all the shit, you're creating new wealth, new value. All Andrew's saying is like, yes, new wealth. If you're going to make money off these people, they need a cut. That's totally radically different from just let's storm the castle and uh, drag people to the fucking guillotine, which is wildly liberal. Uh, It's it's undemocratic. And I, I really wish more people on the left were calling it out. I mean, people f- think I'm just being a bully or I'm just still butthurt that Andrew Yang dropped out. And I'm like, no, guys, you're not. <laughs> right. This isn't a personality contest. <laughs> like, I'm upset because you guys still don't see the problems. You know, the thing that made Andrew different is that he was trying to solve the problems that got Donald Trump elected in the first place. He wasn't just pointing a finger and saying, look at that bad guy. Let's go beat him up and take his money. It's a totally different fucking framing. Uh, it's completely yeah, different. Rant. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it is. It's it is completely different. And I and I think that um, Andrew Andrew Yang clearly had the right focus, which is that it's the alleviation of poverty and suffering. It is not the the having the of elimination wealth of wealth. Yeah, 
because yeah, yeah, we don't want it eliminated, right? So, so if just Be- if Jeff Bezos just came out and declared that he was going to spend ten billion dollars on climate change, now you could argue that that is insufficient. He should spend even more. Or you could, you know, you, you can have any sort of criticism you want, but the fact is that there's money to spend on projects that people care about and that that could benefit the world. I mean, look at look at what uh, Bill Gates did basically like eliminating oh malaria in all yeah. these different countries. So it's like you, these are, these are phenomenal people doing phenomenal things with their wealth. And I, I love that they have those resources. I don't want Elon Musk to be more. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Motherfucker's going like, to get us to Mars 10 that. years before NASA. Are you saying he shouldn't be able to exist? <laughs> right. God right. damn. Right. It's it's they're, they're missing it so badly. But the this by the same token, it's like, and and even Walmart. I want them. You know, whoever is is uh, uh, making these systems run, I want them to be well rewarded. I just don't want the peasants to be desperate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, give us give us enough so that we're not like mindset of abundance. <laughs> having to baby. take these terrible yeah. yeah mindset of abundance. It's so clear. It's so clear and. You know, so I, I think it's a winning argument because, you, like you said, it only costs are being discussed and not benefits and not opportunity costs. Right. Because what's the opportunity cost of not yes. doing this? It, it it is going to be the board getting flipped over. It is going to be the guillotines. You know, it is like the, this castle will get stormed if eventually if we don't uh, uh, figure out how to distribute these and, and, and allocate the resources, the massive amounts of resources that are being generated, because, uh, especially with data, for example, this is by no means widely understood or known by the public at large, but, uh, what we've done, like you were saying with your, our terms of service and all these things that we're agreeing to and participating in, uh, what we are doing is the equivalent of what, uh, you know, like the the Native Americans did with the island. Oh of my Manhattan. god! I was gonna you know, go like there, but I was worried, beans, bro. Right? I was worried about invoking <laughs> Native American genocide. But yeah, it really is like they were getting beads. <laughs> yes, we're getting we... beads. That's exact trinkets. Yeah, and and, oh, and, I, and and I'll you know I'll take some heat for going there. Maybe I, you know I forget that there's things that I'm supposed to be politically correct about sometimes we don't but, do that here you know no, no i understand and that's that's why i you know i feel uh i and, and actually i think i think we're winning oh actually. we are the the people who the, the the people who are just like now nah, i'm not i'm not going with that. that that's not gonna happen i'm not playing by those rules um I, I, there's really only so much that the the illiberals can do because the problem with being a liberal is that you get fixated on on just your idea and you can't communicate with others effectively and so you can't rally other people to that idea and it splinters and and it you know it's like why all these marxist movements just you know splintered and and splintered and splintered into you know ever more puritanical groups uh uh that's that's what's happened previously in history. That's what you seeing. That's what you're seeing happen again is where people are just, well, you don't agree with me then yeah. gone, you know? And, and so th- that's, that's the pushing back against that is something I think we, that starts within ourselves. Cause we've all done that, right. We've all, 
we've all had that frustrated moment where it's like, oh, I just can't stand this person. And so, you know, on, on the one hand, I can empathize with people who have done that. I'm not saying that you're bad if you're listening to this and you've, you know, deleted somebody for disagreeing with you, but I'm just saying you can't spread your message yeah. that way. And you can't, and you can't change the world for better that way. It is, it is a fine line because you also can't negotiate with terrorists. Um, well, I mean, you can certainly try, but <laughs> there's a guy I need, I need you to find him and get him in mind wave someday. This is going to, this is like a big fish. This is a, this is a whale that is going to be hard to snag, but if you I, do, I, I love big shit. fish, man. I have, uh, <laughs> okay. I, I am, I always cast out the big lines. You had mentioned earlier, Noam Chomsky, who, um, a colleague yeah. of his was trying to get me to go up there to interview him. And I'm just like, that sounds like a lot of homework. <laughs> He's only 90 minutes away. Yeah. And I, I had an opportunity to get him on the show and, uh, even announced wow. it. And I was like, eh, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but, but so wait, you've interviewed. No, I had the you? opportunity and I, I declined. <laughs> and you declined. Yeah. Okay. I, 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 I don't, I don't know how much, um, how productive it would be. I think we fundamentally disagree on too much. Um, Maybe so, but it's I think still per- he's he's just legendary. Yeah. You know, oh, while yeah. he's alive, I I would say, but you know, I understand what you're saying about time, and and you know, we we want to use it wisely. So, but anyway, the big fish that I want to uh, 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 put into your mind is Chris Voss. He is an FBI negotiator who runs a group called uh, Black Swan Group. Was he on Sam's show? He, I'm sure he okay. has. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're uh, talking about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, so, you know, that that notion of we can't negotiate with terrorists, like his whole his whole world is negotiating with terrorists. His whole reality is connecting with humans. Like, you want to talk about humanity first? This guy, like. He understands the the ground level baseline fundamentals of of what it is to be human well enough to pull the right strings to hear the right notes back from you. You know what I mean? Like that's that's amazingly powerful stuff. And in the wrong hands, like you can you can create some crazy cults and you know uh, all. All sorts of terrible things happen from the misapplication of this persuasion persuasion skill, but um, it it's it's one of those it's one of those things that is morally neutral. It, it's like a it's like a gun, you know. A gun could be used by a, a bad guy to hurt people. A gun could be used by a good guy to stop the bad guy. You know, it's the same tool. It's just that it's it, and and persuasion is very much the same way. And so I, I think we have to negotiate with terrorists. That's my that's my thing yes. for that. Yeah, uh, that that is a good asterisk. We should we should absolutely try. My I my this is not one of my strengths. My about me bio on Facebook for the past since like 2012 has read Science Advocate with an extremely low tolerance for bullshit. So my yeah. my origin story as a science communicator was trolling anti-science people, anti-vaxxers, anti-GMO people, flat earthers, young earth creationists, and, and trolling them with logic and science and data and 
getting entertainment out of watching them make total asses out of themselves. So I'm coming into yeah. this as a shit poster. I'm not coming into this as an academic or, you know, like some kind of serious philosopher. So I, I definitely no, I have to play to my strengths where they are, but I, I yeah, that that's a line that I'm trying to find because I do have humanity first, like in my soul now and my being, and I want to yeah. not prejudge people um, for, you know, like any, any tribal loyalties that they carry or any, any of that. But the thing that's making it extremely difficult is the radicals. And it's the thing yeah. that makes it even worse is that the radicals don't realize they're radicals and the rational people sound like radicals to them, which is just like further yeah. reinforcing. Um, there's a lot of echo chamber shit going on. And a lot of cognitive dissonance because um, we had mentioned this difference in framing between a wealth tax and like a prosperity tax, <laughs> you know, um, yeah. which is n not how it's ever been worded or framed. But I, I, I don't know why that just came out that but way. The, but, but the VAT consumption yeah, yeah, yeah. tax, it's a consumption on, tax. On new value a, as opposed yeah. to just yeah, yeah. going into the vaults. Um and right. th this is and the right for billionaires to exist, et, et cetera. Um, and this is something that is hugely cognitively dissonant right now among the Bernie camp, because if you say to them, well, yeah, he's literally in the top 1% of earners now. He had the highest private jet spending. He's a champagne socialist. <laughs> and they go, well, yeah, yeah, well, he wrote books. If you wrote a million dollars worth of books, wouldn't you say that you wouldn't you want to keep your money and i say yeah <laughs> i actually would i just wouldn't spend it flying around the country drinking champagne and fundraising telling people how great socialism is do you understand what i'm saying yeah so they understand yeah. they understand already that it's oh it's it's okay for bernie to keep his money that he earned but at the same time they're like oh no that other uh, that other person who earned their money they have too much we have to take it away and i'm like that is exactly the problem right there you guys you don't realize yeah. you were radicalized in 2016 just as bad as the maga people you became the new maga of the left that sounds hyperbolic yeah. and extreme but it's fucking true because you abandoned reason you abandoned discourse you gave up on the democratic process and it became a personality cult where it's, you know, anytime you bring anything up, it's like, oh, well, Bernie marched with MLK. And I'm, I'm like, okay, well, so did a lot of people, bitch. Calm down. Right. You're not answering. You're not addressing the, the actual fucking thing. It's that it, it's fine when Trump does it. And I knew immediately this was going to come up again because. <laughs> it's obvious on the world stage how toxic some of these Bernie bros are. And I understand yeah. if you're in the Bernie camp, that feels like an attack on him because it's a personality cult. <laughs> but Putin has noticed yeah. this. Putin's like, fuck, yes. He's trying to help Trump get elected because he's like, he sees the, the MAGA right like riling it up and he sees the MAGA left doing it on the Bernie side. And he's like, fuck, yes. Yeah. So he's trying to help get them both elected. And you can't point that out because the Bernie bros are like, oh, well, yeah, he denounced that. I'm like, you're not addressing what's actually happening <laughs> there, though. He's seeing what you guys are doing. Ask yourself why he would want 
to support both Bernie and Trump. He wants this division. This is what happened in 2016. These guys had strategic uh, strategic campaigns organized on social media to set up rallies for like Black Lives Matter on one side and some right wing crazy group on the other side of the street. They plan these events from a yeah. warehouse in Russia, never stepping foot, organizing real life events that led to real violence. They're trolling us, you guys. They're trying to break our society apart. They're trying to rip us apart by getting us into these fucking little ideology cults. And you need to realize you're being manipulated because this is how you destroy America. We have the most powerful military force on the planet. And I know I'm rambling, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it back to you. We have the most powerful military force on the planet. You cannot fuck with our military. You know what you can fuck with? Our agricultural system our trust in our agricultural system, our trust in our financial system, our trust in our uh, government, our trust in our political candidates. You undermine the trust of an entire nation. You crumble it from the fucking inside. This is a tactic Putin has been pulling all over fucking Europe, okay? Crumbling democracies by undermining the trust and sowing discord. That's what this motherfucker does. That's why he attacks elections like this, because that motherfucker doesn't have big enough guns to come at us for real. Realize what is happening here. Oh, God, this was not even an outrage machine episode, Jesse, but this is so fucking important and nobody gets it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's because it's always so much easier to point the finger and look outside. Yes. And what you're challenging people to do requires them to look inside and understand why they're being triggered. And and that's I, I think what caught your attention uh, with me was that that um, that CGP Gray video that I that I recommended about uh, the anger. This video will make you angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was talking it was talking about the interlinking interlocking components of the gears of outrage because when you have one group that is uh, uh saying this group is like that and then the other group is saying that group is like that and, and you know they they don't really interact except in hostility then the thing becomes a self-sustaining machine yes. and and that is the outrage machine that is exactly what you're talking about and that's why I knew that that video would resonate with you because that, that you're not alone. Other other people do recognize this. Not enough of us, and so your message needs to get out more. Yeah. Uh, and and if if there if there was a thousand people saying it, then I I'd be un, I'd be disappointed that it wasn't ten thousand or a hundred thousand because it needs to be understood. Everybody needs to be. Everybody needs to realize this because you are being manipulated. We are. This is not a tin. Yeah. Fo this isn't tinfoil time, guys. If you know me, you know I'm one of the most skeptical people on the fucking planet. I have fact. I have lost dozens of friends just for fact checking them and telling them that like no aspartame isn't going to give you cancer. <laughs> you know what I mean. So you know me, guys. If you if you know me, you know this is not tinfoil hat time. You are being manipulated, and it is. It is really challenging, the introspective part, um, because they always want to make it about, the, oh, no, the, the boogeyman, the evil boogeyman. It's the devil. It's the devil. Yeah. It's the same fucking thing. It's like either it, either it's the invisible sky daddy who rewards us for everything or it's the evil boogeyman down below who curses us and is responsible for all the evils. We need to take responsibility for ourselves, for who we are. You know, and of of course, this is hugely challenging, but this is part of 
you know, this is why humanity first is so much bigger than just like a fucking campaign slogan. Yes. It's about realizing that like you're talking to other people, other people have value regardless, you know, but it's like, it's getting to evaluate yourself as a human. And that's very uncomfortable, I think for a lot of people. Um, but it, it is that isolation from that self segregation thing. Uh, because if you talk yeah. to, if you talk to the average Bernie bro, which is not does not equal Bernie supporter. Okay. I have to keep putting those trigger warnings in there. Just clarification statement. Sorry. <laughs> they, if you ask any of them about what, what their vision of a Trump supporter is, they will tell you they are the most vile, nasty, violent, hateful people. And if you were to go to a, a Trump rally or something, you'd have to worry for your life. You should take a knife because those people are going to fucking kill you. They're crazy. They're Nazis. That's the rhetoric that is yeah. that is on the far left. And it, this is not just within the burning camp. Okay, this is if, if you get far enough to the left, this is your view of anybody who wears a red hat is that they are literally Hitler. Now, as somebody who's closer to the middle than you, um, <clears throat> comma, bitch, uh, I hang out with those people. I live in rural America. I've I talked to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them, and they are nice and kind, normal, regular American people, uh, not Nazis. And you'll realize that when you realize that they are the same people now that they were before they voted for Donald Trump. They're small town America. They're good Christians. They love their neighbors. They have little league and watch the Super Bowl. They're good. These are good small town Americans. They didn't all of a sudden become Nazis for voting for Trump because they looked at everything the Democrats were putting forward, which in 2016 was the most toxic reptile creature that ever inhabited a human husk on this fucking planet. I mean, you you're really going to say you're a Nazi not for voting for uh, Hillary, not for jumping on our blue bandwagon because uh, this guy's so evil. No, they're not evil, guys. They're they just weren't down with the lizard bitch. And if you don't understand that, this is the thing we're talking about, that self segregation that like all of you are this. All of you are that. I hate this. And the people try to do this to the Yang gang all the time now. Like, are oh, you Yang gang are this? Like, have you heard of no true Scotsman? That's not a thing. Like the Yang gang is yeah. the most ideologically and politically diverse thing. I think that's ever emerged in America. And that's fucking saying something like it's not, <laughs> you can't point at it and be like, you people believe this. Like the, it, it really the the only thing you could say about the Yang Gang is like they like Andrew Yang. <laughs> that's like yeah, <laughs> that's so yeah. true. Oh, and they, they're so probably true. human, but you can't even say that because they, uh, a million angry people will be like, "Well, my dog loves Andrew Yang. Look at his sweater." <laughs> God, there's a there's a Saudi there's a Saudi citizen right now who is not human. I think her name is Sophia. She's an android. Uh, uh, and she might be a Yang Yang for all I know. So maybe we're not even, oh, you know, maybe it's not even. I love yeah. Sophia. I love the uncanny Valley. Oh my God. I love <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That I know. Um, oh God. What's, what's, what's his name? The, the, the other one. Oh shit. I'm totally spacing. There's. Um, are we going Watson or are we uh, going like uh, uh, newer one? Uh, like, like 
physical. It, it's physical like Sophia, like Sophia. It's another, it's another model. Mm-hmm. Um, he okay. looks real. It's like, he really pushes the uncanny Valley for me. Cause it's a male figure who like looks almost kind of like creepily like me. If I took it, I like lasered off all my hair is <laughs> a British accent. <laughs> oh God. Oh man. I gotta, I gotta go looking for this. Uh, the, some of the, some of the, uh, What's his name? uh, Boston, Boston dynamic stuff is crazy too. Right. I mean, they're, they're kind of outside of the uncanny Valley when it comes to movements, you see how their guys move. Oh man. It's, they are athletic, athletic. So the, you know, the Terminator robots are here. All you got to do is put a, put a gun in that guy's hand and, you know, make, make about 10 million of them. And, and you've got, an Oh order. no, you, you know, they're already doing that shit. Yeah. Russia's definitely yep. do it. They got fucking like machine guns on drones and shit. Uh, daddy just came home. <laughs> yeah. So the doggies might get, uh, a little worked up here. God damn it. See, this is why like, I hate live shit, but like, if it was live, somebody in the comments would be like, Oh, it's like Nigel or something. And it's like one of those, um, really creepy like Sophia, but like I, a little bit creepier. Um, and he's British. Yeah. He's got a British accent. I can't for the life of me remember I've, a couple pages into YouTube now. And I can't, my, uh, search skills aren't what they used to be. The world is getting crazy. And you know what? It, I, this this kind of brings me to a point that I've been thinking about, and I'm going to riff with it a little bit just to see how, how it floats. Do you, oh, do you need to like say hello and everything? Do you want to kind of pause the tape? or? Oh, no, I just turned my mic down so that I could yell and say that I'm recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so I, I've, I've been thinking about how we approach some of the dysfunctional systems that are currently... Um, you know, going back to, we know the Bernie bros response of government action is not going to work, right? For a lot of these things, correcting a lot of these issues, because you can't force people to do a lot of the stuff that you might want them to do. That just never works. And, and you can't penalize them for success and and all of those kinds of things. So, okay, what are we going to do then? So I think what we're going to do is bypass I think that's the way. I, I think we we bypass the existing systems with new systems that just sort of take over operational relevance. Uh, so, for example, you could think of a lot of government functions like the post office as being sort of like the blockbusters of uh, uh, of the you know uh, what do you call it distribution. And so FedEx came in and they said, well, we're just going to go around that. We're going to deliver packages. So that was like, that was their way. It's not that they, they petitioned for the post office to do it differently. They just went around them. And even though they're competing against a low cost government subsidized service, they won like FedEx nailed it. You know what I mean? And so you can win as, uh, you don't have to go through the government route in order to see the changes that you want. And I, and I hope people see that too, because I think the desperation of relying on this dysfunctional government system to produce the results we want, I, I think that is uh, frustrating a lot of people unnecessarily because there are ways to go around. So for example, with UBI, I've been toying with the idea of finding a way to invest in people today like imagine you could have a $50,000 an hour or a year kind of kind of life, um, but at, at a very low cost 
way, like by by living in a 3D printed house in you know some some place that's not that's out of the way, and instead of going to a Harvard University and getting an education there, you would be getting an online university. Um, and you know, so it's like we could just reconfigure how things are done as as either for profit or non profit organizations. If the will is strong enough, you can find ways to just go around the bottlenecks that are are currently strangling us. I think we I think we just we just drove a nail into something hard here, and that's the loss in the faith of capitalism because the solutions here are are the magic of capitalism. That's the thing you you're describing about like the the acceleration, the automation of like who's gonna go to the fucking mall when they can order everything they need on Amazon and it'll come to their door. It's like, yes, like Im- improvement is just like how capitalism fucking works. We can find a better way to do that. We don't have to stand there at the gates and demand yeah. that the king decree it for us. Like we can come up with better shit. Um, the the robot I was thinking of, his name is Jules. Um, I love that the skin that they have is called Frubber. Frubber, <laughs> Frubber. it's trademarked. Yeah, uh, and Jules is made by the same the same uh, company who makes Sophia. That's Hanson Robotics. I'll put that in the show notes. They have the most trippy. Like these robots will fuck with your brain, man. Like they, they you, oh, it's creepy. It's creepy, but like in a really cool way. <laughs> Uh, well, soon they will soon they will fuck with you, literally, because there is going to be a lot of robotic prostitutes made of rubber. Oh, I am. I am sure. I love I love this area of exploration. We're going to get into a lot of things in possible minds. Um, and I'm brainstorming something with Chet for um, some kind of like future topia, future land, like just getting into like really like sci-fi futuristic te- technologies and stuff and unpacking the moral implications like like yeah. is gotten into in shows like humans, which, uh, oh, my God, it, like Asimov would have fucking loved that show. Uh, humans is amazing because it unpacks these like the moral implications of this actually ties into humanity first, actually, weirdly. The moral implications of like having, having, fuck, Sam talks about this too. God damn, spiderwebs. <laughs> having robotics that are so realistically human that you'll helplessly treat them like human or feel compelled to because it's yeah. like some hardwired thing that in our biology that we won't be able to bypass. But like that will also bring out the darker shit in some people because they'll also know there'll be like a cognitive dissonance. It's not real. So, you know, when you bring in the questions of robot prostitution and stuff, uh, that it gets into some really fascinating, like moral areas. Um, and, and some Westworld, you know, we- I'm in Westworld right now, bro. It took me forever to catch up. I never have time to watch shows. And stuff. So yeah. I'm like, I think I just like, I'm like a couple episodes into season two. I'm way behind. <laughs> People are like, hey, did you hear so and so's podcast the other day? I'm like, oh my God, bitch, I still haven't watched like The Last Lord of the Rings. Give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time. Oh, yeah. God. It's great. <laughs> oh, God. There's a creepy kid one. I don't, Diego San. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to click on that one. <laughs> These are these are all questions that ethicists are ethicists are going to have uh, uh, quite a, 
a long arc of trying to figure out. And I don't know if, if they're going to be able to manage these things as quickly as the technologists can come up with stuff. Yeah. I think that's where, that's where we're having some of our, some of our problems. We need more ethicists at this point, Thank more so than stems, right? Oh my God. Like we got to get those humanities going. Oh my God. I, I agree with that a thousand percent because the second that they develop the code, it's like already a fraction of a second too late. You know, it's like, yeah. no, yeah. we need to, we yeah. need to have ethics built into this shit. Um, absolutely. And God, this is humanity first too. We need to have ethics built into our algorithms so that they don't exploit us and incentivize corruption and radicalization. Um, and there is a there is a a rational, nuanced way to have those discussions that is not we're going to shut down your speech or, you know, th there is there is a place between the tiki torch and the uh, I can't think of something on the other side. And the uh, yes, the, that thank you. It was a perfect constant. They constantly invoke that shit, and I think it started as a joke, but now they're like serious. They're like, bring on the guillotine. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. you see that rhetoric popping up a lot, and it's it's radicalizing, of course, because you start you start with a rational position, like, you know, Bernie wants to give everybody health care. That's great. That's fantastic. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for standing up to corruption on Wall Street. You know, great that the, there is a radical radicalization algorithm on society right now. And it's the same thing that if you watch YouTube, OK, if you you'll start try this sometime, search for weird cloud. OK, just start for an innocuous yeah. video of somebody standing in their backyard looking at a weird cloud and going, what is that? And then follow, follow the rabbit holes, follow the algorithms where the algorithms will take you. You will get into the deepest, craziest chemtrail shit you've ever seen where you are convinced <laughs> yeah. that the government is spraying aluminum all over your yard and you're terrified for your kids. And, you know, that the Wi-Fi out so the you know, Wi-Fi is going to kill us and 5G and the, oh, there's fluoride in the water. You will become the most irrational fucking nut job just by going when it when where where dude like imagine if the algorithm incentivized what's that weird cloud and it was like a cool educational science video that was like hey this is a really cool atmospheric phenomenon uh, it's called atmospheric lensing it happens because this because sunlight is made of different colors and when they all combine into one it makes white light. And then when it hits the atmosphere, that white light hits little crystals of water in the atmosphere and it acts like a prism and it breaks the light up into different colors and it makes all this amazing. How much better would it be if the algorithms took you down that fucking rabbit hole? <laughs> okay. All the route. All the algorithms should take you to old Mr. Rogers episodes because that would make a better world. Thank right? you. Thank you. Like, <laughs> Mr. Rogers is my fucking jam right now. I've been like, oh, my God, that was another part of, like, my emotional reawakening. It's just that, like, you've made this day a special day just by being you. Just by being you. Yeah. There's nobody yeah. in the whole world like you, and I like you just the way you are. And I feel like if we all repeated that to ourselves and each other... You know, we'd we'd be living in a very different world if we just remembered we've if we went back to being kids in some ways. You know, just uh, uh, it's 
fundamental, man. Yeah. Put it on a t-shirt. Well, building, building on that theme of who we are through time that I touched on in, in the, the clip that I sent you, you know, we can go backwards to our younger selves and remember that innocence and that, that messaging that you just talked about. And we can look forward to our future selves too, and, and imagine who we would be, who we will be when we're more capable. Cause right. Like for example, uh, circling back to your editing skills and, and all of that, this is the worst you'll ever be at that. You're only going to get better as time goes on. And so, and you're already good. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, just think of it, think of it that way. Like as, as you go forward, you get to be the person who links together all these different constellations, all these, you get to be one of the central nodes that, that, uh, you know, people like me and people like Scott Santons and, and it could be Noam Chomsky. If you go talk to him, if anybody, you know, like it, it, it's, it's a really cool time. It's a, it's an amazing time to be alive. And another, another thing that it was just kind of like, it's that joy of discovery, you know, because when you were a kid, you just love to run around and play in the mud and get dirty and poke at bugs and take stuff apart to figure out what was inside and go run around in the woods and climb rocks. It's, it was that just joy, that fundamental joy of discovering something new, a new rock, a new funny looking bug, you know, uh, just poking at it and figuring out, you know, poking at life, figuring out how the world works. And I don't know why, I don't know why they beat that out of us as kids. They're just like, no, get in line, put on the uniform, go mul- go memorize, you know, and nobody sees how dystopian that is, but that really everything here just comes back to that. Like we dehumanized ourselves and we dehumanized our kids, you know, into, into a system that just is so it lacks human basic humanity. You know, I was having some, some kid rattle off, you know, all, all, all the different qualities like fundamental. And I'm just like, Oh, you mean that all the shit that people lost and just didn't even notice, didn't even notice that they lost compassion for each other, that they, that they, that they lost their drive to discover something new that they got, so sucked into the machine that they forgot to look up and see what a beautiful day it is outside. Like that's sad. We need to, we need to get those people the fuck outside with this. This is man. This is Plato's cave right here. We need to bring these people into (laughs) the fucking sunlight and, and tell them like, no, be a kid again go run up that fucking hill. And, and when you get to the top, roll down it, motherfucker, and laugh like the five-year-old because the, we need to get back to that. Oh, yeah, man. Your inner child is still there. No matter how far gone you might feel some days in your most soul-crushed, you know, cubicle experience, you know, it is still there. That inner child is still there. And I hope that as more people start coming to that realization and seeing your example and seeing Andrew Yang's example and, and just all these people that are, you know what, I'm just going to go out and do it. And who cares? I, I, because w- what's the alternative? Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, what, I, what's the alternative? It's, it's there, but it's just too quiet. You, you, you quiet it down. And, and I know like I'm most of the adults out there that I'm talking to, you have kids, so you get it. You, 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 you have them, <laughs> you see the yeah, world yeah. through their eyes every day. You just need to stop quieting the, the little one inside you 
and and go do fun shit like that. Take him to a water park. My God, my dad was a superhero at this because like, you know, and it, at mom's house, it was it was just drudge. Go to school, do your homework, do your chores, you know, but dad's it was like, fuck, let's go have fun. Let's go be kids. Let's wake up and, you know, watch Nickelodeon and eat cold pizza and Mountain Dew for breakfast. It's fucking awesome. You know, like it's just really like grownups need to be okay. Like just stop hushing that little voice down. It's still, it's always been there. It's always been there. If you have kids, you, you hear it every once in a while, but you shut it out. Cause you're like, no, shut up. I have, I have to go to work in the morning. I have a meeting. I have to, you know, I have to figure out how I'm going to pay my bills. I'm like, no, you need to listen to that little motherfucker and cherish and, and hug that little bitch inside you every single day, <laughs> every single day, one, guys. One of the absolute most important things for learning is play and that has been beaten out of us you're exactly right because somewhere somebody influential maybe it was some bastard king somewhere got the idea that oh you know they need to work harder these you know that's that's the thing is just get them working that because that's when they're productive and when it comes to learning productivity falls when you're not having fun when you're engaged and you're and it's enjoyable and you're grooving to it, you are learning. And when you're not, I, 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 you will never encounter a happy math student that isn't learning, <laughs> right? It's like if they're enjoying it and they're curious and interested, they're learning. But every math student that struggles and wants to give up and, and hates it, like they, as long as that is their attitude, they're not going to be better at it so we have to absolutely have to incorporate play into it we have to we have to have we have to have some fun with life yes and- stop sucking the fucking joy out of everything <laughs> they suck the yeah. joy out of everything and they they usually do it with like fear porn okay and yeah. halloween yeah. is the perfect fucking example of this okay because i'm i i'm born in 86 okay so i still had little bits of like real halloween in my childhood where it was like stay out as late as you want get a big old fucking pillowcase just go tear up the town and now it is scary dystopian it is organized it is Mm. sponsored by law enforcement it is in a public space (laughs) like a shopping center or the one here is called trunk or treat and this one is it's it drives me crazy because it's it's i think all the candies like supplied by you know law enforcement and then everybody lines up their cars in this big circle and 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 decorates their cars and hands candy out of a trunk and i'm like what lesson are you teaching your kids because the original the original lesson was get to go get to go know your neighbors get to know the other people who live <laughs> next door to you and the message we're sending them now is no be afraid of those people right be right. terrified because they're going to put razor blades in your candy if 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 you don't get it from a, a law enforcement people don't this is basic shit, little slow little changes that have happened over the past, you know, handful of years. It was so gradual that nobody realized how fucked up it was. I realized how fucked up it was. I'm like, whoa, what happened to Halloween? Halloween sucks now. They sucked all the joy out of it. Curfew better be inside by the time it gets dark after you go to your corporate sponsored <laughs> bullshit trick or treat thing. Oh, God, that one makes me yeah. mad. <laughs> well, and as you get as you get older, you see that happen to more and more things that entropy just 
takes its toll as time goes on and and systems do tend towards either you know hyper efficiency or you know they they sort of collapse out of uh, uh, lack of this control and someday someone gets sued and then it's all over you know it's one of those kind of things and so um that that brief period where it's spontaneous and joyful and exciting and everything it's only ever everything's temporary right everything's temporary but that those moments you just got to cherish them when they come and then find the next one when 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 that modem when that mode is no longer uh what what's joyful you know what i mean so it's like uh for example with the with the star wars a lot of people were really unhappy with the last trilogy um i i'm i'm one of those people that has mixed feelings, you know, there's, there's things that I did like, but there's a lot that I didn't. And, um, and, and so then I just sort of discard that in my mind as, as a thing and move on to like the Mandalorian, you know, it's like, so I could still even have fun in that universe, but I'm yes. just going to let go of the things that, that don't suit me. I loved Mandalorian. I really liked rogue one too. I thought that they kind of, yeah, you know, that, that felt yeah. more real. Um, and, uh, God, what was? There's another one. I don't know. There, there's one solo, one. and that one was kind of more forgettable. I, I think that's when it really tanked. I didn't see that one. Did I see solo? A lot of people didn't, didn't because it came right after. It came right after uh, uh, the Last Jedi, and the Last Jedi had gotten so much backlash that uh, Solo actually lost money, if I'm not mistaken. First, uh, first uh, Star Wars movie ever to to lose money. Going with Mandalorian was like such a smart idea, such a yeah. fucking smart idea. They made it a fucking space western because everybody fucking loves Boba Fett. That was the coolest costume. He was the coolest character, even though originally he was a throwaway character that they just like tossed into the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> but yeah. everybody fucking loved Boba Fett. So like, I love that they created a whole race <laughs> the yes. mandalorians i loved it in uh star wars rebels i loved that uh because i'm just the hugest fucking nerd i loved um that element of it you know i'm like bringing that like interstellar bounty hunter like these people are badass they're space warriors and they have an honor code i'm like fuck yeah like let's let's get behind that that i think they're cool they were cooler than the jedis the whole time like the jedis were just like these like weirdo fucking like uh space weirdos monks with, yeah weird weirdo Hanging space with monks kids. with uh laser swords uh yeah I, I think we should have been focusing on the bounty hunters the whole time because it's a way cooler <laughs> fucking story oh yeah. man <sighs> well and what's cool about it is that it, it does have like the jedi at their best in the sense that it's got that that baby yoda who is that renewal you know what I mean? It's like it, after the Jedi had had sort of fallen into uh, mediocrity and just uh, let themselves go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it, like the the baby Yoda is is that that like we just force unleashed on the world. Oh you know, my God. And, and he 
It's so cool. We are baby Yoda and we're still figuring it out. We we yeah. we we're accidentally choking bitches and we just need daddy to come <laughs> be like, "No. <laughs> it's not uh, this one. Don't yeah. choke him." <laughs> oh god, that's such a perfect fucking metaphor, man. Yeah. We are society right now. The, in this awakening, man, we are baby Yoda after the death of the Jedi's and we're we're mourning the and it's seeing it's oh, it's so broken. No oh, fuck. And even the empire is gone, but oh god, it's just chaos and corruption. It's anarchy. <laughs> yeah. What do we do? We return to our fucking roots, motherfuckers. We use the force and we use yeah. it. We we use the light side, man. Ancient wisdom. This ancient wisdom is coming up a lot, too, because Boone Hem is m- one of my new favorite humans on the fucking planet. And I uh, have not been exposed to Boone Hem. Oh, my God. She's going to blow your mind. So she's trying to like the my first interaction with her was in the intellectual dark web. And I was explaining my my pitch for the outrage machine. And this was very much in line with what she's trying to do and with what Connor's trying to do. She has the biggest fucking balls I have ever seen. She is like, no, I want a literal Nazi and like a Zionist Jew. And I'm going to put them in the same room because wow. she's she wants she's going way uh, more intense than I'm willing to go. But she's building this new thing called the Agora, which is really just about reclaiming this this old fucking idea that we lost. It's just like, no, we need a public place that is protected, uh, ironically, a, quote, safe space for intellectual discourse (laughs) with people who radically disagree with each other. But it's because they need a place to unpack that uh, productively if they're both going into it, you know, uh, with in good faith with you know like the faith in their convictions and like the faith of like okay we're going into this like to try and understand each other so she's getting the most extreme people that she can find and putting them together and seeing what happens um and kind of moderating it like hypatia and she was telling me about like hypatia and i was like oh my god bitch you're hypatia you're standing at <laughs> you're standing at the gates of the Library of Alexandria, and you need some fucking warriors standing next to you. So I like yeah. I am in love with this bitch. She's fucking amazing. So the, it really is like reclaiming shit that was already there that we lost. You know, the value of comedy and tragedy is another one that Josh and I are going to get into because that was like all up in the Greek world. You know, love and romance and comedy and tragedy and like. That's kind of like we only passively flirt with those things now in movies um, and we've lost it in our everyday lives. And and that is another fundamental like so much of this is just like we have lost so much of the basic shit that it means to be human and we it's killing us. It's like we feel like mindless drones, robots who are just being chucked into a, the fucking meat grinder every day and reassembled on the other side to do the same shit again. We've lost yeah. all our joy. We've lost our 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 capacity for empathy for others and understanding and joy of discovery and so much of it. So much of it is just broken and humanity first is fucking like the 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 you the, it's baby Yoda, bitch. <laughs> Yes, yes, I and you even that. see the memes with the Baby Yoda hat. <laughs> it's so cool. I never uh, made that connection before, but that was just such like a beautiful thing to emerge in this episode. That's fucking great. Uh, well, I would, I would love for my next conversation to be with the the Neo Hypatia. Uh, oh my god! That now runs the the Agora. That w- I I would love if you can uh, uh, connect me with her and 
I, I definitely want to reach out and connect with all these people that are, that are doing amazing things because if there's anything I can do to help, I want to do it. Oh, you're in it, bro. You're in it, bro. So the, the two series that I'm producing and I'll, I'll elaborate here again for the listener, the two series that I'm producing that are along these lines, well, aside from humanity first, which we've, we've described really, really well in this conversation. The other ones are going to be the outrage machine, which is focusing specifically on particular pockets of the outrage machine, places where discourse is breaking down and how we can change the conversations in those specific pockets. Um, Connor's on that project. Boone is on that project. And, um, and she's a fascinating story. Like she's a, she's a badass classic liberal, um, who's the product of like literally the product of the Cambodian genocide. So she's like very well aware what, what communism actually is. So she's like her, Oh my God, this bitch is on fire. You're going to love her. Anyway. So, but the, the other series that we're collaborating on is called candle in the dark, which was kind of my, mine and Connor's birth child, because we are very different in terms of where we see truth and meaning and metaphor and in religion and in God and all those things. So we wanted to unpack that in just like searching for meaning, like, we all we are are basically born into a cold naked universe and all we have is this tiny candle to guide us and you know if we're alone then you know we only see so much but if we if we kind of huddle together then we have more candles to illuminate more and we try to understand each other better in this quest the the spiritual quest for meaning if you will um and so the next the next thing is actually tomorrow now sunday we are recording this is directed by boone superstar she's directing um the rise and fall of liberalism to where we are her me and connor are going to sit down i the grammatically that was probably atrocious her connor and i are going to sit down and and talk about the fundamental principles of liberalism what it is what it isn't what is communism what is socialism it's like largely just going to be clarification of terms and pointing out where the problems are there it's going to be like a panel type thing um and then there's so many other fucking areas like within the outrage machine and within candle in the dark that i i know you were just Fucking skeleton team, man. Yeah, man. Yes, it, yeah. You you stumbled into like you brought <laughs> magic, but also like, yeah, it's that the magic is here, man. <laughs> it's it's the larger universe is the magic. It's not even mine, it's ours. We just stumbled ours, into yeah. it and it's it's the fucking coolest thing ever. Uh <laughs> there's a there's an article from Vox that just came out, uh Ezra Klein, who his conversation with Sam annoyed the shit out of me. Oh my god. And and uh, so I have I have this axe to grind against Ezra Klein, but as I like to do with people that I can't stand, I I try to read them and read them until I do understand them. <laughs> and so uh, I want to try, if you'll give me the opportunity, to be a devil's advocate for the Ezra Klein position. Uh, actually, no, it was it was Zach Bucamp from. Uh, from Vox that wrote this, but it was basically about how identity politics is the way to save liberalism. Oh man. And so I like, I've read it once and I am 
let's say unconvinced. I'm still at my, I'm, I'm not at a point where I could steel man it yet, but I'm, I want to get there to where I can steel man that position. I, so, that sounds like some fucking mental gymnastics. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, um, that's, that's what I do, man. I, I, I try to do mental. Oh. I, I try to, I try to run the simulation in my brain of what would it be like to think this. Right, and, man. And, and you can get some that. scary places with that because I mean, I can, it's, it's like what, uh, what Jordan Peterson talks about, you know, with the, uh, you could be a, a prison guard in a, in a gulag or an, or a, you know, Holocaust camp and enjoy the sadism. Like there's a part of you because you're, because you're a human, you have this thing in you, right. That it, you, you have this capacity for cruelty and, uh, and that's a tough thing to, like no one wants to look at that and I don't like looking at it, but it's like, it's one of those things where I can feel myself getting better once I understand that it's there and how, how it works. Oh my gosh, man. Warriors. My, my tribe of warriors <laughs> is getting bigger and every single new one is like cooler than the last one. No offense, other guys, but I really, really like this one. Fuck. <laughs> Well, feeling is mutual. Oh, I, I, I love the project you guys are getting engaged in. This is, you know, and, and me be, being almost 40 years old now, I'm looking back and I'm seeing all these kids that are, you know, there's like so much potential there and they're getting, they're getting like vacuumed into these, these terrible ideologies and these terrible organizations of bad human beings, you know, like that are just, it's, it's, such a catastrophe that I, I feel like no I I have to do something about this this is this, this can't happen no I fucking I feel that man I'm getting some weird feedback I don't know what the hell where the hell that came from can you hear that not on my end no oh shit all right one second <laughs> Fuck. Oh uh, I might be just screaming into my mic too loudly. I get so excited. One sec. Okay, there we go. Jesus. Oh man. Oh, I hate. It. I hate that. We were on such a roll. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm here. Oh no! Now I can't hear you. What the fuck? Oh, no! I'm here. I'm here. I can see your waveform moving, but I can't hear you. Oh no! Oh no! Well, okay, that's. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Zencaster. Oh man, one day, I I really hope this platform continues to get better. Because, man, I hate running into audio issues, especially when it's like really, really, really good episodes. And we end up like losing content or, you know, the quality gets fucked up. God, it's like, it's excruciating. You know, I'm still of that mind where like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's just a podcast. It's a growing experience. You know, like I, I'm totally fine putting out flaws, you know, it, I, I don't have that kind of like need to fixate on shit. Uh, but it's still like, God, that could have been so much better. <laughs> Are you able to hear me now? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You're back. We're back on. Okay. Uh, we're okay. Coming, uh, perfectly. So wherever the hell we were.
I'll put in elevator music. That's my new. <laughs> yeah, no, that'll, that'll work. Um, I was, I was joking on Facebook. I was trying to message you there cause I didn't see the chat box at the bottom, which it makes sense that this would have a chat box at the bottom, but it just didn't occur to me. But uh, I was like, uh, I guess, you know, I was saying, I guess the bots have found us and they don't like us talking about this stuff. So. Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the AI knows. That is a running gag because one time, like the tracks are just completely grayed out and was like, no, you cannot record anymore. <laughs> and th- this happened twice in a conversation with Phil. And the first time it was when, after I had mentioned Hong Kong. <laughs> and the second time it was after I'd said the words Greta Thunberg. And I'm like, oh, we just flagged something. <laughs> They're yeah. trying to shut us down, man. Yeah, no, it, it's it's funny because that actually that that uh, like that video from CGP Gray that I shared uh, that that does actually happen because the algorithms are so. I mean, not necessarily in the the voice part of it, but uh, not yet. Shit. Yeah, no, but they will. You know, when it's when there's oh, tags sure. and there's you know stuff like that, or or just any sort of odd behavior, the algorithm doesn't ask questions. It just shuts you down. Yes, this is why we need like to to instantiate liberal principles into the cultural yeah. zeitgeist in a way that they are not right now, because that is like when you're concerned, when you want to take things like uh, privacy, data privacy, uh, things like that, free speech into concern. Sorry, my mic. I just realized my mic was a little low. Um. You know, th- that's very real shit that we are going to have to worry about. And so if there are people who were hearing me bring up nuanced arguments around, you know, algorithms incentivizing bad behavior on social media and on media platforms, um, there is an important thing there. There are, you know, discussions of censorship that need to be had uh, as well, because free and open discourse is part of the thing. Um, as long as we have our little agoras that we can uh, gather in in the intellectual dark web, uh, I think we're good. We just have to not only retain them, but expand them and help create new ones. Because the whole idea behind the IDW in the first place, it was tongue in fucking cheek. It's like calling it the dark web is like calling, <laughs> yeah. it's like calling uh, it the Yang gang. Right, right. <laughs> In quotes, we're not a gang. We're not a mob. That's like, it's it's snarky. It's sarcastic. It's shitposty. It's like, this is like, we need to, <laughs> yeah, I think that's, it's just about like, we really need to mainstream this shit fast. And hopefully I found a, an algorithm that will work. We'll see. Uh, human powered algorithms are something that I'm totally fucking like our recommendation algorithms should be human powered. Um, is so part of the thing I'm building into the universe as well is our book club, which is like people add their books that they like get super excited for and inspired by. And same thing with artists, music creators or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one for movies called the AV cart. Cause just throwing back to that, like, yay, it's a movie day. You know, like this just roll this big ass AV cart into the classroom and just eat pizza and popcorn, you know, and not have to study. So that's that whole concept. But, um, 
you made me think of the game rack. I'm like, shit, we need a gaming rack. We need like, we need to like have a thing for like people to put their favorite video games in and like submit like these, this is so-and-so's favorite video games. Like that's such like a small, stupid thing, but like I'm doing it with books and I'm doing it with movies. I'm like, Oh, we totally need to do that with video games. (laughs) Yeah. I could fill up that whole thing. (laughs) Oh, I know. I was, that's what I was going to like. Okay. So we had our, we had our ice breaker we we could like just nerd out on video games for a minute because i'm curious as to what your favorites are and getting a, a little inklings of how your mind works i'm like oh i just i have to know what this guy plays but if you wanted to kind of wrap any of that up with a nice little bow before we get into fun time uh this has been extremely productive and just absolutely fucking fantastic in encapsulating what humanity first is really about um, beyond just telling people stories because that is a part of it. Um, but that I guess is in retrospect, maybe a failure on my part as the content creator to not really do a better job about being explicit in the philosophy as far as I understand it anyway, cause it is kind of implicit. It's like, yes, if you listen to like 137 hours of me talking to the yang gang you'll get it (laughs) but that should kind of be packaged in in something that is cohesive as a philosophy that's exportable Uh, so in terms of that like this has been fantastically productive for me well Uh, i think that's what i'm gonna work on yeah that's what i'll work on Uh, the the same thing that i did with the um with the dementor clip i'm gonna just do that same thing with other clips about uh, humanity first sounds like a good thing to encapsulate so i'll write a script for that and you know um uh, just uh, 10 minute 10 minute five minutes stay on point and and just explain things that's that's what i'll work on um i love it man and i would be stoked as hell to produce the hell out of that um if you wanted to go Absolutely. Uh, up yeah. in up in the Mindwave universe, or if you wanted to go up for your own channel, or if you want to do both. I fucking yeah, love crossovers. Let's do it. I, I've done this where I'll record with another podcaster and then make produce that audio and, and make it available to both podcasts to put out on their own things. Like that's very feels very much in the right ethic of how to proceed. So Perfect. I would encourage you to start your own channel, come up with uh come up with a, a good name that's that's going to be your biggest challenge because find a way to before you try to encapsulate humanity first encapsulate what your mission is you know like yes mind wave felt real to me boone her show is called the far out wisdom podcast and she's starting a new one called the agora which is going to be behind a paywall um connor's is the daily discussion that's very core you know, um, Rio Verdenier and Corey Cottrell, their show is called Moving Forward. It's a progressive and a liberal. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, accidentally calling Rio a liberal is funny as hell. I think he's going to get a kick out of that. Rio, I hope you get a kick out of that. I'm so into classic liberal values and <laughs> and, and, and reclaiming liberalism and spreading that message. And it's like, yeah, you got, but he, he's a conservative. <laughs> Trying to unpack, you know, conversations around policy and ideas and constructive, you know, disagreement, constructive conversations there. Moving forward, this very fucking perfect. Um, Ariel Bakshanda 
fuck, bro, what's your name? What? Oh my god, I just totally fucking. Oh, Ariel's gonna kill me. Revol- revolutionary thinking. <laughs> yeah, Ariel's. Let, let me jump. Let me jump in and rescue you then. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll change yeah, the yeah, change yeah, the subject. Nobody will ever yeah. notice. <laughs> And mindful skeptics too, but, boys. Mindful skeptics, man. We're all doing the same thing. We all got cool names, so you got to come up with a cool name. Yeah, no, I'll I'll definitely work on a name. And I've been it's funny because I've been talking about podcasting for like a year, two years, something like that. And I I've, I've always like been peripheral to it, like on Facebook stuff, and but I haven't really done podcasting. You know, it's just not something that I've. Uh, uh, done up to now. So uh, my family is sick of hearing me talk about it, you know, but now that I'm finally going on these things and and getting more into it, I think that'll, uh, I don't know, it'll be, it'll be an interesting journey. And regardless of whether we hit success early or whether we hit success later, this is what the world needs. And so this will be successful. It's, and the message like it's, I don't even think of it in, in, in terms of like, no, like doing it is the success. The doing yeah. it really it, is I, the success. I, I, like it doesn't matter how many people listen to it. If five people listen to it or if 5 million people listen to it, like doing it is the success, like for real. And it's, it's, it's just like college in that, in that, in that way, because this is preparing us for what's going to come next in our lives. We are becoming better, stronger, smarter people for having done this project, yeah. you know, it, and, and that is, th- that's the creative the first, first you do things that th- this is, this is true of anything that you want to eventually ha- build a career out of, or, you know, find uh, some sort of monetary reward out of first you do it for either little or no money, you get good at it. And then now you have the skill to where you can actually make your vision come true. And uh, so that's, that's sort of in keeping with the, the message that I want to give to anybody who's thinking about the mind wave universe, but just hasn't, you know, come to the conclusion that they can contribute to this. Cause it seems like everyone else is so much further ahead and knows so much more and like, Oh, I'm, you know, I missed the boat you know, if, if there's any sort of thoughts like that going through your head as you listen to guys like me and Jenner and, and you know, if you have that kind of, um, you know, feeling of this is all just too much and I'm too small. The thing I want to say to that is we're all too small by ourselves. You can't see the light if it's any single one of us. It's only with all of us that the sky gets lit up and you have something to contribute if you're a human. Oh, okay. Man. So it's you like, you just took it cosmic, bro. You gave me a nerd boner because you could, you can't <laughs> see all of the, all of the stars in the Milky way. You can only see the collective light that they put off. You can't see any one single point of light. Uh, right. And there is a big giant rift a big giant cloud of gas and dust that blocks out some of that light. But you know what? It makes it fucking, it's the most beautiful thing. If you've never seen the Milky way in the night sky, mate, put it on your fucking bucket list, get far enough away from this shitty civilization that we're trying to fix to actually just look up and, and see what that is and, and see that you're a part of it. See that that's you up there just as much. You're not, you're not tiny. You are the biggest thing that exists. Like that's, it's one thing. Uh, Oh God, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) It's beautiful to be connected to that. And, 
And I, I really appreciate the opportunity to be part of that and, uh, and what you're doing. Uh, but it's almost like thanking myself in a way, because we're all, we, like you said, we're all connected in that one way. It's just grateful to be both an individual and also a community. Yeah. Oh, it, God. We're, we're both simultaneously. The Voices you know I mean? series is the perfect encapsulation of this is because, you know, people don't understand the power of their own voice. And then putting something that like that together and realizing that, like, your voice is powerful. You just made thousands of people in the Yang Gang cry for sure. For fucking sure. <laughs> And the one that hit me the most was was um, the listener who made themselves cry because they heard them they heard themselves for the first time. They heard the power of their own story, and it drove them to yeah. tears. And that's really what this is about. It's like you have a part to play in this. And the biggest thing that Mindwave is trying to do is just try to give that opportunity to as many people as possible. Because I have. I have the skills to do it. Apparently I have the hardware to do it. Um, and so that's my life's calling. It's, it's really is like being called by the universe to do something greater. And it is to straddle this line between individualism and collectivism between, um, liberalism and communism to go extreme between individualism yeah. and narcissism because I feel like um, in, in your your mention of the uh, in defense of identity politics, this is how we fix liberalism, which sounds like an impossible thing to steal, man. Uh, I, I think and, and Connor's made this point, I think, going off of something Jordan Peterson said that individualism ultimately led to narcissism, which it's important to draw a line between the two. And this is another thing that going back to ancient mythology, this was very well understood that it's one thing to have confidence and and walk around with your head held high and your chest out and 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 conquer the world. It's an entirely a different thing to sit at the side of the pool and stare at your own reflection and until you turn into a fucking skeleton. You know, these are not mm. new ideas. Um, so embrace your individuality, but in a way that empowers you and in a way that empowers others, their individuality as well, because their individuality is just as important as yours. You know, I, I we're really getting to the bedrock of, of what humanity first actually is here. It's like, you are an individual with your own voice. You don't, you know, you're not defined by your, your loyalties to whatever tribe it really is that individualism but it's seeing others as individuals too and not lumping them into categories and prejudging them on x y and z again this is a very very old idea and it's only only popped up in american discourse a couple times you know when martin luther king said judge somebody by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin he was getting at this thing he's like this is the part that's broken we're not seeing each other we're not seeing each other and we're not seeing ourselves and it's like fuck if mindwave is anything it's like the mirror the the attempt at the <laughs> we are starting to build the gigantic space mirror in orbit that is going to get the earth to look at itself uh i think yeah. man and you you are like i i this is like okay like uh, star trek 
or or the Orville or something like a new engineer comes on the team and you're like, holy fuck, that guy's going to be crucial to this mission. <laughs> like, this is <laughs> the you. guy that's going to pull us out of a fucking gravity well with some like crazy <laughs> maneuver. I know it. You're just absolutely crucial to this story. So fucking thank you so much for being a part of it. Um, just to get that off my chest and make that a very, very clear. But let's take... Cause this has been great, and I I don't want to like have that like TikTok. Let's go, bitch. <laughs> but I'm I'm mindful of your time. I'm mindful of the listeners' time. So yeah. let's break down your your final cosmic nugget of <laughs> delicious brain wisdom, and then we'll gush about video games for a minute, and then we'll call it. Does that sound like? <laughs> oh man, like I, I I had already I had already switched it because that was so beautiful what you said, and I was like, "There's no way I can follow that up." So he's not gonna. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I I am I am just uh, really excited to be uh, connecting with people that have a like mind, not necessarily in what our uh, uh, policy preferences are or our you know, there's all sorts of philosophical points that I, I am 100% sure we're going to disagree on because people disagree. We each have our own experiences, but we are all committed to a mode of communication where we can explore those differences without judgment and without hostility and without, um, you know, w- without falling prey to uh, that kind of tribalism that, that we, that, that, mainstream society is still sort of reeling from. And I think that there is a kind of rock, paper, scissors, cyclical nature to these things. We will never permanently banish anything. Just It's just like the Thomas Jefferson, um, you know, the price of freedom is everlasting vigilance. You know, it, nothing's ever completely victorious. You will never fully win and you won't make it out of this game alive. <laughs> you, you know, we're all we're all going to die. So what are you going to do with that life that you've got? And I think connecting with other people and sharing in the conversation is one of the most important things that you can possibly do. So I hope your listeners will phone in and share their voices. Me too, man. Me fucking too. This is like stumbling upon. This is like being a kid again and stumbling upon not just a cool looking rock, but like some crazy crystal or like a, a extra solar extraterrestrial meteorite. That's like glowing. I just feel like I discovered something that was already there. It's like nature provided it. It's just like nobody had bothered to stumble over to this particular place before (laughs) or, or, you know, people have found similar ones elsewhere in the world, but so localized. And so these, these things are not, they're, they're not mainstream by any stretch of the imagination and, and we need to make them. And that's really the ultimate mission. Um, but I mean, this is just been, as the listener, you know, it's been extremely overwhelming for me discovering this, deeper layer this deeper cosmic truth you know deeper human origins you know deeper understanding of what we are and where we're at like it see and if you try to put it into words like that it sounds pretentious and uh 
it's that's not at all what it is. It's just it's just about just being a mind and, and using it. It's the most fucking amazing gift the universe has ever made that we know of. I mean, think about that for a minute of 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 the multitude of fucking worlds that are out there. And and we don't know very much about very many of them, but we know it space seems pretty empty and really, really, really fucking big. We only know one part of the universe that is able to look back on itself and see what it is. It, this, the, we are the introspective part of the universe that looks back on itself and studies itself. Um, and this is an emergent property of life on earth. It's not just us. Um, and this is, I'll, I'll get philosophical again for a second, because this is about taking old ideas and expanding upon them. One of the ones I keep going back to is Ubuntu philosophy, which is just this very, very basic old African philosophy of, of like, you're from the next tribe over. We might not have the same tongue, but we both hunt for food. And if you're hungry, you can sit at my campfire and I, I will feed you because, you know, I, I am here because you're here. I'm human because you're human. And a big part of, of my thing, which is often getting framed in anthropocentric terms, like humanity first, really needs to be larger to en encompass all the life on this earth, because we all do that in some way or another. This, the tiniest single cell microorganism in the, in the ocean that has a couple photosensitive cells on it that can tell which way the sun is, you know, the, the dung beetles who navigate by, who roll their little poopy balls around, they navigate by the fucking light of the Milky Way. I mean, moth to the flame. I mean, we're all doing the same thing. Um, it, we're all just exquisitely interconnected to nature and life and, and the reality of everything that is. And Carl said it fucking best. The cosmos is all that is or ever was or ever will be. And it's one fucking thing. And you're a part of it. You know, he didn't add that last part. That's my riff. <laughs> uh, you know, that that is just a part of it. The most special part of that, it. That, that, I mean, yes. The brain that we have is, is, you know, the mind that you've named your podcast after is the most powerful thing in existence that's and where i was going and, and i totally it. i just yeah. got on my roof <laughs> <laughs> yeah you you picked up the thread man what what's the um what's the uh jesus uh we've been getting into mythology a lot recently the one who goes into the fucking uh labyrinth with the rope to slay the minotaur jason am i good yeah i think it is okay I think it is jason. yeah so you found my thread thank you <laughs> <laughs> you have the most powerful thing in the universe that we know about. It's more powerful than a fucking supernova. It's because a supernova can't look back at itself and go, wow, what a cool explodey that was. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it like, does you're, what it does. You can't it, think about it. Yes. Nature yeah. on the, on the large scale just unfolds as it is. It just does what it does. Planets just form how they form, you know, stars just, uh, they, they, are born and they die and there's something there's something very deep about you know like the 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 reflection between up here and down there and this is i'm 
I, this is so surreal for me because these are ideas that I've been articulating for a really, really long time, but I didn't know, I didn't have the right uh, sandbox to play in, so to speak. I didn't have the right, the universe didn't exist yet for me to do this, but it's, it's, it's trippy coming back on these things because when I started finding this YouTube content, I framed it as earth space as like one thing. It's like earth up, earth down here and space up there. And it's not, there, there's not a sharp line in between, but I have these things on my desktop and I'm just going to uh, read them because it's funny. Uh, oh no, where did it go? But I, I've been espousing these same ideas for like a really long time and I just found it amusing. This is from four years ago, <laughs> Facebook memory, February 6th. I just want to throw something out there. <laughs> Criticizing Hillary Clinton is not sexist. We're not criticizing her because she's a woman. We're criticizing her for her actions, her political and business associations, her track record in public policy. And we'd make the exact same criticism if she was a man. It has nothing to do with her biology. She has the constitution of a windsock. (laughs) (laughs) And that is like ultimate outrage machine like just years before i was ever ever able to even articulate the fucking problem uh of going there and then uh five years ago (laughs) in uh 2015 anyone else feel like the internet is the new library of alexandria and it's being overrun by angry mobs who are trying to burn it to the ground (laughs) yeah pretty much pretty much man yeah, they, but they they can't though. It, it's because it's everywhere. That's the beauty of the internet is that it was designed to survive a nuclear holocaust. So good luck. Yeah, and and really, it and I'm gonna tie one tiny tiny little thread back to evolutionary biology because it in the war of ideas, it's like the better ones are going to survive, um, and it's just a matter of being louder than the bad ones, um, and the people who have good ideas need to get better about being louder than the idiot assholes who are trying to dehumanize everybody and cause world war three is that that's i think uh yeah that's humanity first in a bubble man that's a plan yeah so so now that we've gotten that out of the way let me tell you the games i love (laughs) oh my god i love this i love this this is great and uh, and i'm and i'm going to eventually go back to them once I've accomplished some of the things that I've set out to accomplish. It's been a year since I've played computer games. Uh, It'll probably be like two or three years before I, before I finally, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how, how I do, but I do eventually want to go back and play a little bit. Um, But only once I know that I have it under control anyway. So the, the, my favorite game and the one that still even today I think about, is a very obscure game called uh, Europa Universalis IV. Hmm. It is sort of like a civ- civilization game or a total war. It's like a map, and uh, it's the entire planet in the year 1444. And I have spent thousands, literally thousands of hours on this game because once I learned it, it, it was... Like it was very hard to learn, and there's a steep learning curve to this one. Uh, but once you once you learn it, it's like it is really fun. So you can pick any country in the world to start as, and uh, you know you can basically do what you want. You can do world domination if that's what you want to do. You can colonize and and establish trade nodes that 
uh, uh, make you super rich. You can form powerful alliances. It's whatever you want to do. It, you just run the world how you like. And this is Earth. With this is Earth. Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This yeah. is this is a, another flag that I planted earlier, but I'm not taking notes because you're just way you're way too captivating, and I I don't have the energy to grab a pen. But <laughs> no, no problem. Running the counterfactuals. Um, on like how shit could have turned out. Like I ran the Hillary Clinton counterfactual. <laughs> mm. Have you run that one? And and ultimately determined that Trump was the safe bet. <laughs> yeah, no, a- absolutely. And, and it was only after playing that game that I that I realized that because yeah. there's certain there's certain things that um, you know from running different simulations you realize like the the TPP for example that she probably would have gone with if there hadn't been a Donald Trump to challenge her on it. Uh, it w- probably would have been continuity from the Obama to the Clinton administrations with that. And the TPP would have really, really screwed a lot of things up for people who care about freedom and, you know, s- national sovereignty and things like that. We would be turning ourselves over to these corporations that wrote the law. I mean, it's crazy to think about. And that's just one oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, and she, my, my argument there is just that she was so much more divisive and probably would have been the the spark that lit the fuse to civil war too. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. knowing how half the country feels about her. Yeah. Yeah, like we we got lucky with Trump because all the people who were like, "Oh my god, what a monster." They just like they have a, a pocket full of granola and some incense, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, they're not yeah. dangerous. Uh, although they be, they are becoming more dangerous. Uh, but yeah, no, it really was that like, no, that, that would have as much as Trump rising to power fueled the alt, right. And the craziness there, Hillary winning would have done way worse. Uh, yeah. anyway, so, so it really is that like, you have to have the bigger, bigger picture, scale thing play the play out the counterfactuals i fucking i've never heard of that game but that sounds amazing i want like i want like pangea level shit on that thing i want to go like ancient i love civilization games uh fucking like building and expanding and playing out you know like oh god we haven't we have a project to work on bro a a secret (laughs) a secret one that's going to take a couple years to build but you're going to help me build it Okay. Go on. Okay. Yes. Uh, other other video game franchises because I'm sure there's overlap. Speaking least... of counterfactuals, uh, <laughs> Fallout definitely the Fallout series and that alternate you know universe sucked me right in. I've never played any of any of the Fallout's. I what, I'm. What about Elder Scrolls? Nope. I've never played a Final Fantasy game, bro. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> I I just. That whole there is not enough time in the world for video games thing, like yes, for yes. fucking real. Like I, I've been a Sims nerd forever. I've been a StarCraft nerd forever. I've been a Halo nerd forever. I've been a Tomb Raider crap, Tomb Raider fucking nerd for like ever and a half. Tomb Raider, I think, is probably my favorite jam. But I literally just within the last few months uh, got into the Assassin's Creed universe, and I yeah, started cool. with cool. oh my god, it's phenomenal! Uh, I started with well. Odyssey, and then I went back to three, which is like uh, revolu- pre-revolution American Revolution. I'm like, oh, bro! 
and the ancient Egypt. Oh, fuck. I can't wait to get in that. So yeah, like those are my favorite franchises in a nutshell. <laughs> but again, I like, I just, there's not enough time in the day. My computer is not powerful enough to play most of the shit on the market right now. So it's just yeah. one day, man, one day we're going to have an awesome video game cave. You and me. <laughs> That sounds good. That sounds good. I, I would I would love to have a land. That's one of the things that they they uh, they do with that that game Universalis Four, uh, Europe Universalis Four. They they have like they have like a little land party where everybody's a different country and you're just trying to gobble each other up, and uh, and, and be the top dog. And uh, so I, I would love a land party like that. But even more, I would love to create something like that. I think actually going back to what we were talking about with education and the need for play. I've learned so much about history from playing that game and because I'm learning and history and geography, like I could, I could do literally, I am the one American who could draw the map of everywhere, anywhere. <laughs> like Americans suck at geography, but <laughs> we don't even know where our own States are. Bro. I, it's so terrible. It's so bad, <laughs> but because of playing that game, I know. And that's, and so that's, that's the beauty of it is it wasn't it wasn't strenuous to learn it it was exciting to learn it because i'm trying to conquer it <laughs> you know uh that's fucking great did you have any other favorites that you absolutely needed to get out there that's an amazing one i need to look into that although i yeah. won't have time for it until 2063 <laughs> yeah i know same here that that's basically that's that's the <laughs> that's the problem with having so many things that that excite you uh but the other the things that I, I cut my teeth on, there was a game called Trade Empires, also very obscure, bad graphics, but I set up these um, you know, trade systems that would generate obscene amounts of wealth and get me in the top score. You know, but it was a sandbox. You weren't playing against other people, it was just like a top list that I played against myself. But that was really fun building these trade empires. And um, and then Age of Empires, I definitely played a lot of that, uh, along with the StarCraft. StarCraft was and and the Warcraft three was probably um, I spent more time doing that than I did in like doing anything else in college. Like certainly, well more, <laughs> very much more than I spent studying and and going to class and doing productive things. Like I, I spent an inordinate amount of time playing Warcraft three then, um, and I, I mean there's there's tons of others. If 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 uh, if I were to go to my uh, oh, the Tropico series, that was fun. You get to be a dictator. <laughs> but it's like a lighthearted kind of... Uh, it's, 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 it's like really gallows humor about dictatorships. Um, hmm. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I do. I love strategy games. Uh, I, I love building things and, you know, especially in competitive spaces. Uh, but also in just sandbox. I, I never got into Minecraft, but I would have loved to have gotten into Minecraft if it had come out when I was younger. Um, I think oh. I think that would have really sucked me in. Oh man, because because as much as you got sucked into video games, like you are gonna get sucked into podcasting. I'm one thousand percent sure. <laughs> but but when you hear what the Mindwave universe is actually, what the goal is, what it's going to become. It, like I, I don't. It, it, I think you will be helplessly drawn to the thing that I'm trying to build because it's, <laughs> very cool. Uh, it's right now. 
uh, I I'm gonna have to tell you this off air because it's it's it I'm I I'm giving away secrets. It's like it's gonna take a couple years to build, but yeah, I'm gonna share that with you off air. But let let's fucking wrap, man. This was ah, <laughs> oh, this was this was super supernova level gold, bro. I'm so glad to have you. Glad to be here. Well, thank you, listener, for participating in this project with us, especially, especially if you are not a, uh, quote, Yang Gang, unquote, member, because you're entertaining the ideas that are behind the movement and not, you know, you've realized that this isn't just like a circle jerk where we're like, oh, my God, this Asian guy wants to give us money. Isn't that cool? <laughs> like that's that was the media narrative and i think that you know this this series this story that we're starting here that we started with humanity first that we brought in with the voices is really like we're we're focused on solving the problems that andrew yang was focused on solving and um it's gonna take every last one of us it always was we weren't in this to elect a king we weren't just saying vote for Andrew Yang because he's going to fix everything. It was always, it was always like, no, we need to fix this. Um, it was never about him, and I, I, I've said the phrase. It's, it was never about him so many times, but so many people don't, still don't seem to get it. It's just like this is the mission. This, this is this episode, guys. This is what humanity first is. It's not. This was not like a uh, lock her up <laughs> style uh, mob chant. We really mean it. We really want to uh, fix the fucking world. And however humbly we're, we're trying. And uh, the fact that I have amazing people like this to join me is, is uh, in this <laughs> uh, insurmountable challenge is just invigorating and inspiring. And again, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. This was fucking phenomenal. Thank you, Jenner. I feel exactly the same way. Right? It's like it's like watching a Carl Sagan or an Alan Watts video. It's just like I want to go scream to the fucking world now. And that that's why you're gonna get addicted. It was the same thing when Connor and I started talking to each other. It's just like and we would disagree a lot when we first started talking. Uh it, but it was just that that process of unpacking it and getting just like it's the most exhilarating feeling in the world and you just walk away from it just feeling like like i i, I have to keep the mind waviness it's, it's like jerking off it's like wow god that was amazing i feel so much better <laughs> when, when i was on connor's podcast i had this terrible cough and i feel so bad because i don't think it really it, it had the impact that i was looking for you know because i was coughing every time that i got into my into my group and so and this this was uh thank you i i will definitely be doing more podcasting for sure oh yeah no you you are coming back whether you like it or not <laughs> if i have to if i have to go and find you and uh i hey i'm in the middle of the desert i know some ranchers if i have to get get good at cattle roping to get you back on the show i fucking absolutely will <laughs> well arizona sounds like a great place so i I've actually been there uh, once before. Uh, hopefully, I, I get to visit under under different circumstances than a kidnapping. But I am looking forward to it. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, on the bucket list is definitely be able to give you a hug, brother. Because this is we're 
Right uh, we see we see it <laughs> right on we see yeah. it and we're trying to fix it and right that's, that's what this is so thanks for listening and virtual we'll talk hug. To you again. virtual hug yeah. my man virtual hugs yes <laughs> take care guys we'll talk to you soon thank you for listening oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god how did i forget Oh my god! I, you guys, I know you would have killed me. How did I not bring up fucking Ocarina? Like, for real. Like, the whole, like, time travel thing, the past and future selves, the finding fucking magic. Oh my god. Ugh, I'm the worst. But I, f- I, f- I found it, and I fixed it. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a minute to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You have a really good taste in podcasts, clearly. So you probably also have a good taste in friends and know somebody who would enjoy the show as much as you do. So share the love. It's what we're all about. Special thanks to the friends of the show who make it possible. Rob J. Wilson, Corey Wilcox, Phil Ord, Travis Meyer, Heather Cook, Julia May, and Boone Hem. Join the Mindwave universe at mindwave.media to be a part of the Mindwave journey with us. Also, make sure to check out the other content creators in the Mindwave sandbox and please help us support their work. Give us a follow on Twitter at Mindwave Podcast. If you think I'm cute, you can follow me at Mindwave Jenner. And if you think I'm annoying, wait until you see my Twitter at Mindwave Josh. Thanks again for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next time. The Mindwave Podcast is produced by Studio Stargazer. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.